All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to episode 28 of Pigskins in Nylon. Obviously, you can tell a little different this week. There is no Wally, so it's just Hayden and myself. Wally's got some uh, some weddings this weekend, so it's going to be Hayden and I holding down the fort. So yeah, let's let's see how I do. I've never hosted a show before. This will be really really interesting. But let's check in on Hayden in Northwest Ohio. How we doing, buddy? Casey, that was a fantastic intro for your first ever introduction here on the show. I'm doing really good. We've had, so we, our football team won last week pretty convincingly, which was nice. We've had a pretty good week of practice so far. Tomorrow's kind of our normal little walkthrough day, just making sure everybody's rivalry. on the same page. What's that? Rivalry week, isn't it? Big rivalry. For those of you who don't know, the smallest football school in Ohio is Van Lu, and that's who we're playing this week. They have a couple guys that I would like on our team. Like they they have some they have a couple athletes that that are halfway decent. So it'll be interesting to see how we match up with them. But I'm feeling really good. We had a good week of practice. I think we're ready to go. Well, good man. I'm glad. I hope the Cade can keep that win streak over the Lou. I think the last time you guys lost was uh, my first year coaching. So I, I guess that we lost. It was Purser and I's first year at Arcadia. We uh, we kind of overthought that one, but whatever. That's probably why he just called me to make sure that he wasn't overthinking it or whatever. Yeah, that was actually our. It was my my thing that we you know we met on Sunday to watch film. And that was literally the first thing that I told him. I said, we cannot overthink this week. Like, we can't be too complicated in what we do. We just got to go out there and play. I really think we have. I think we'll be fine. It's just a matter of actually doing it and, you know, not letting the rivalry kind of play into our heads a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great point. And, that's and, I, and I also, sorry, I keep interrupting uh, you. Nah. I, I keep interrupting. I, I, I kind of jabbed him earlier this week and I said, you know, I've I've never been a part of an Arcadia football team that's lost to Van Lu and you have, so uh, you know, just kinda of put that in your in your brain. Yes, sir. Shots fired. Wow. <laughs> no, I I mean I obviously was a part of that, that year that he lost the first time and that's exactly what we overdid, man. We were trying to, you know, find creative ways to get the ball in our best player's hands and we really just got away from everything that we did really well. So that's my best advice for you. That's what if if that's what he wants to talk about. That's what I would tell him: just do what you do well, man. You have the more overall talented team. Just just do the dang thing, you know. But anyway, we ha- we have a game on Friday as well. We got to freaking go to. I think it's called Stewart, Ohio. It's down in south southeast Ohio near uh, West Virginia, playing up in the up in the mountains a little bit. Apparently, I've never been there. Obviously, but a team that's that's just not very good. We should we should really run run past them a little bit. The only bad thing is the bus leaves at three o'clock. Anyway, I guess Hayden, let's just jump into our. I don't I don't even know do we have topics. I know I only have one thing to touch on recruiting, and then we'll try to jump right into our game previews. We're in the heat of the season, so I think our topics are pretty much the upcoming games because we do have one. If not even two, or maybe even three, interesting games this week. We only have five on the slate, so uh, yeah, let's just let's well, let's do your topic and let's get into it. I guess the only thing that I was going to touch on was that Michigan landed a four-star basketball recruit yesterday. I think he's like a six-seven power forward. He was like ranked one hundred nine overall and two four seven. 
But yeah, let's just jump right into the game previews. We have a bunch of buys this week. Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota, and Indiana all have buys this week. So that is why this show will probably be nice and easy because we are in the Big Ten play. So obviously we're going to be playing all Big Ten teams and playing each other. So, But yeah, going to your point, I do, I do think that really every single game this week, all five of them, if you really want to digest or dig into it, Every game could be interesting in its own way, and we'll talk about that when we get in our preview. But let's just start off first with with the Buckeyes. Maryland travels to number seven Ohio State. It's the big noon kickoff. Gambling lines: Ohio State is minus twenty on the spread. Money line: Ohio State is minus eighteen hundred. Maryland is plus eighty eight hundred eighty, and the over under is seventy one and a half. Ohio State is six and zero all time. Since Maryland joined the Big Ten Conference, Ryan Day is 1-0 versus Loxley in a, a pretty big whooping in 2019, 73-14. Both teams are 4-1. Maryland's 1-1 in the Big Ten. Ohio State is 2-0. Hayden, what do you think the Buckeyes do on Saturday? Man, I have uh, a lot of things going through my head after watching the Buckeyes last week. But you bring up an interesting point. You said Ohio State is undefeated against Maryland since they joined the Big Ten. Well, you know, earlier this year, Ohio State was undefeated against a certain team as well. And that was the Oregon game, and they lost. Just throwing that out there just because it's interesting. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, You guys know I didn't get to, wa- or didn't get to be here for you know, post week pod on Sunday. So I didn't get to really share my thoughts, but I was, I was really impressed with Ohio state. And I know it's, it's hard to say that they were playing Rutgers last week, but they looked much, much better than they have all year, which I thought, you know, as an Ohio state fan is very, very encouraging. I think this week kind of presents a whole different challenge than what Rutgers did. You know, Rutgers offense is very limited uh, in what they do. So, you know, while it was nice to see Ohio state's defense, they gave up 13. Really, they only gave up six. I'm not counting that last touchdown. And they didn't really put together a drive the entire game. It was nice to see. But Maryland, with Tua's little bro, I know they lost that receiver, but they still have Rakeem Jarrett, who is pretty pretty good. It'll be interesting to see that passing offense and how they stack up against Ohio State. Offensively, I think Ohio State will score basically as much as they want. I don't think Maryland's defense is really going to put up much of a challenge. But I will be interested to see this defense again if they take another step forward like they have the last couple games or if, you know, this was an anomaly and they start reverting back to where they were before. I was talking in our our recap on Sunday. Teams like Maryland against a team like Ohio State, I guess I should say, those are really fun games in my opinion because – Maryland's going to present a challenge to Ohio State that they might not see again until if they make the playoff with Maryland's passing game. I know they have a lot of turnovers and such, and if Ohio State can keep building on their defense, I think the step that Ohio State's defense needs to take this week is to continue to force more turnovers. Obviously, we've seen Maryland is turnover prone, but you know when Maryland isn't turning the ball over, they have a pretty explosive offense, and so... Games like this are really interesting because Ohio State's going to win. They're going to cover the 20 and a half. But I also think that it's a good test for that young secondary and uh, a chance for the, the D lineman to really rush the quarterback this week. So we're, we're not betting the money line. I'm going to go with the over as well. I think Ohio State will put up 56 points. I think Maryland will also score 
a decent amount of points because Ohio State does tend to struggle with teams that have like at least one really good wide receiver. And I think for Kim Jarrett is a really good wide receiver. So I, I have the score being 56 to 21, Ohio State winning, covering, hitting the over. I really can't blame you, you know, for either one of those picks because I think obviously they could happen. I'm with you. I think Ohio State does cover. I think they win this game. I don't know, at least the 21 to maybe 24, 27 type range. I think they get that done. Where I'm going to differ with you is is I, I, I'm i going to roll with more steps forward for the Ohio State defense. And I'm not calling that they're going to, you know, shut Maryland out or even hold them to 14 points. But I think if they hold them you know, somewhere in the 17 to 21 range. I think that would be a pretty decent day for the defense with, you know, the new challenges that Maryland is is bringing to Ohio State. So I'm going to I'm going to take the under. I think 71 and a half is a lot. Um, while I think Ohio State will score, I, I really just have a feeling that this defense is going to continue to get better, and this is another week that they show it. Uh, speaking of the defense, I do have a fun fact, and I was talking to Wally about this either yesterday or the day before, Ohio State's defense has scored in four out of their five games. Did you realize that? I did not realize that, but now thinking back, did they score the Oregon game? Uh, They did not. Oregon was the only game they didn't. So the opening game, they had Haskell Garrett return that fumble against Tulsa. Cam Martinez had a pick six against Akron. Ronnie Hickman had a pick six. And against Rutgers last week, Denzel Burke had a pick six. So I'm not sure if that trend continues because that's a lot asking of your defense to score one once a game every week. But I just thought it was interesting. This defense seems to, at least when they force turnovers, they are have the guys who can make plays with the ball in their hands once, once they do have that. That's a really good point, Hayden. And I, I heard you throw Rutgers in there, so that's a perfect segue. I'm, again, I'm bad. <laughs> I'm not a host, so. Oh, we got to give Wally's pick real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I was going to do that. Yep. And then we'll get to Rutgers and Michigan State. Um, Wally is taking Ohio State minus 20 and a half. And he is also taking the over. Has Ohio State winning 54 to 21. Ohio State's previous opponent, Rutgers, hosts the number 11 Michigan State Spartans on BTN at noon on Saturday. Michigan State is a five and a half point favorite. And the over-under is at 49.5. Hayden, I'm going to go ahead and give Wally's picks real quick so I don't forget. Um, Wally is going with Michigan State minus 5.5. He is not betting money line. And he is taking the over of 49.5. He has Michigan State winning 31-24. to Quick little matchup history here. Michigan State leads the all-time series 8-4. to 6-1 in Big Ten era. But that one loss came last year. The Rutgers, 38-27. So, interesting little fact there. Hayden, what do you got in this game? So, this game, while it's not really like a marquee game of the week, I do think there are a couple interesting things, particularly Michigan State's running game against the Rutgers defense. I know Rutgers defense didn't look good last last week against Ohio State. I mean, you're talking arguably one of at least top three offense in college football right now. They're leading the uh, the nation in yards per play. But Rutgers, outside of that game, has been fairly decent at stopping the run. 
So that, that'll be a key indicator, really, on how I think this game goes. I do not... I, I'm not huge on Rutgers' offense at all, really. I think Michigan State covers. I, I have this game pegged somewhere like 28-17 to 17 with Michigan State winning, which I guess puts me at the under. I think Rutgers will be able to get some stops, but not enough to overcome their offense's inability to really move the ball throughout the game. I also have Michigan State to cover, and I'm going with the under as well. I, I was going to say that I, I could see this game being – a 10-point to two-touchdown lead for Michigan State uh, pretty much the whole game, and, and both defenses stepping up, making some stops. But ultimately, I think Michigan State is the better team. Rutgers showed last week that they can't even throw their stadium when Ohio State comes, so I don't anticipate a, a massive crowd where they get a big-time home field advantage. So I have Michigan State minus 5.5 as well. And then I'm also going to go with the under. I'm going to say 27 to 17 Michigan State wins. Going to be a really quality game, though. I, I really do think that Rutgers is improving under Greg Schiano and has taken some steps so far this season. But moving on to our next game, we have Wisconsin coming off of, what is that, two two straight bad losses? Well, I mean, not bad, but uh, blowout losses. Travels to our favorite stadium, Memorial Stadium in Illinois. 3.30 Big Ten Network kicked off there. Wisconsin is 10.5 point favorites. The over-under is set at 42.5. That is that is low even for, for Big Ten fans here. Interesting here, the matchup history, Wisconsin only leads the series 43-35. to 35. They have won 15 out of the last 17, though. I'll give Wally's pick real quick. Wally is going with Wisconsin minus 10.5. He is also going with the under. He has the score being 35-7, to 7, so he's going with the under by half a point. Hayden, does Wisconsin get back on track this week or do they suffer yet another disappointing loss? Boy, they they better hope that they get back on track. If they don't get back on track this week, there are some major, major problems brewing up there in Madison. I think they do. Wisconsin, I think, is due for a game where not that they're gonna light up the scoreboard but they kind of get out of their offensive slump it's been it's been a brutal couple weeks for them and I think they do I I have Wisconsin given the 10 and a half I I think their defense is going to smother Illinois pretty much this entire game I don't I don't see Illinois getting outside of uh more than I guess seven points maybe they get lucky and kick a field goal and they get 10. Even though I think that's the case, I, I still think the over in this game is going to going to hit because, it, I mean, it is so, so low. I, I guess I would have a score somewhere in the range of like 35 to 10. I think that's my score, 35 to 10, which puts the over barely. And I guess Wisconsin covers the game for the first time in a couple weeks. Very fair assessment there, Peyton. I don't know if I've ever gone last this many times before, but it like it kind of sucks because you just make all the points and it's like, yeah, do I just repeat what Hayden just said or do I just agree with him? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Illinois' offense is anything good. Wisconsin's defense still is very good in my books. They, they had given Michigan a lot of short fields last week, and Michigan didn't really run the ball like they had. So I think this Wisconsin team is really going to get back on track this week. I'm going to go with the over 
that is really low. And I do think Illinois might get a garbage time touchdown, might get an early field goal, and uh, the game will be like 38-13, 35-13. So I'm going with Wisconsin 10.5 and, and then with the over 42.5. But, Hayden, here's the big one, man. Number four, Penn State travels to number three, Iowa, 4 p.m. Fox kickoff. Gus Johnson's got to be thinking. Or is he calling the Ohio State one? I God, you would have to hope that he's calling. If he's not calling this one, Fox has some problems. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. But, I mean, this is by far the biggest game of the Big Ten season so far. Two undefeated teams, both 5-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten. Penn State does lead the all-time series 17-13. And interestingly enough, James Franklin's 4-1 against Kirk Ferentz. But that one loss to Ferentz was last year when Iowa won 41-21. Hayden, both both teams are hot, man. I'll give Wally's at the end, but who who do you got? Iowa is minus one and a half, and the over under is forty one and a half. Gosh, I I have been thinking about this game really since last week. Just thinking of like the impact on everything, and I'm sure after we give our picks here, we'll talk a little bit about the impact on the college football playoff race with this one. The, the Big Ten title race that it's it's not so much for Iowa, but this game could be huge for Penn State with how the East kind of stacks up. I've went back and forth a lot on this game, and I'm still not confident with this pick. The line to me is kind of crazy. Iowa is at home, obviously, and they're only a point and a half favorite. Typically, Vegas is giving the home team a, an additional three-point bump. So they're saying on a neutral site... Penn State would be minus a point and a half, which I guess I could see. Penn State at home then would be minus four and a half, which, you know, whatever. I guess that could be true. I Maybe I give Iowa's home crowd a little too much credit, but I don't think that place is crazy, really. I mean, that place is awesome, an awesome venue to, to watch a game. That's, it's on my bucket list to go to. I am giving the nod here to Iowa solely because I think the home crowd is really going to help them. I'm not a believer, and I don't know if any of us are, It really in Iowa's offense, but their defense is absolutely legit. Very, very good. And, you know, with Penn State, they have a very good defense, not to Iowa's level, but their offense is a little bit better. So what gives? And I, I don't know. Sean Clifford going on the road. We haven't really seen him. We saw him play Wisconsin the first game of the year, and offensively, Penn State didn't really do anything. We'll see what Sean Clifford looks like. If he can make some people a believer in this game, that would be very good news there for Penn State. So I'm going with Iowa minus the point and a half. I, I, this game really, I think, comes down to a field goal. Since I'm taking Iowa minus the point and a half, I am taking them on the money line. And the the total in this game is so low, 41 and a half. That is is crazy, crazy low. Basically, Vegas is saying this game is going to be like 21 to 20, which is kind of crazy. And I guess I could see that. I think the offense has scored just enough. Maybe we get a defensive or a big play on special teams that kind of uh, help some of the offense out. I'm, I'm going with the over simply because I, I, it, I would have to see a game with both teams scoring that low. And I guess I did week one with 
Penn State and Iowa, but I'd, or Penn State and Wisconsin, but I'd have to see it again. So I'll give Wally's picture real quick. Wally's taking Penn State plus one and a half, Penn State money line, and he's taking the under. He believes the score is going to be Penn State 19, Iowa 14. Would love to hear his explanation on that, but unfortunately, he's still not with us. Anyway, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on the game. So I have long said I think Penn State is the second best, has the second most talent in the Big Ten, only to Ohio State. But it seems like anytime there's a big game at Iowa, Iowa just always seems to, to pull it off. It's weird because Iowa is the third ranked team in the country now. They're not eight and three team at the end of the year. They're they could well, I mean they could be, but they're not like playing this game as an eight and three team is what I was getting at there. I think they had the best defense in the Big Ten. I think Penn State's offense is probably top three in the Big Ten. So, like you said, what gives? And I, I completely agree with you. I think it's going to be Penn State's offense gives and Iowa's defense is what helps them win the game. I'm going with Iowa minus one and a half, which means I'm also going to go with Iowa money line. And I'm also with you. I'm going to take the over just because I do feel like this game is going to be obviously going to have high adrenaline. I think the teams will probably come out firing. And I think that it starts to settle in halfway through the first and then throughout the rest of the game into the fourth quarter. I have Iowa winning by a field goal, 24-21. to 21. Any thoughts on that, Aiden? Or you want to just move on? No, I, I, I think we would kind of be doing this game a little bit of an injustice if, we, injustice if we don't talk at least a little bit about potential postseason effects or I don't know what the word I'm trying to say, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely understand what you're saying. And, and I'll go into my little spiel here. I don't think, I, I mean, obviously this game means a lot. It really, really does. But ultimately, win or lose, both teams have everything they want to play for still laid out in front of them. Obviously, Penn State's got a, a more difficult challenge and winning out in, in the East without yet playing Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. But ultimately, a 12 and 1 Penn State, if their one loss is to Iowa, is going to still make the playoff. And then if Iowa loses, I mean, probably going to roll through the Big Ten West. And they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Michigan. They don't play Michigan State. So you got to think that they're going to go into the Big Ten championship game. And, you know, they win that. The 12-1 and Iowa gets in, too, I guess, is, is where I'm coming from. At. I understand what you're saying. But it's, it's a big game. It's going to be really, really fun. I don't think it has the implications in terms of, the postseason as what you might, I guess. So I, I guess you're taking the approach that Ohio State fans would say after the Oregon game. Like, yeah, it's a big game, but even if they lose, like they did, that, you know, everything is still in front of them. They can still win the conference. They can still, you know, even go to the playoffs. I guess that is true. But I feel like, let's take Penn State, for example. If they win this game... Right, they're going to. I think they're number four right now. Is that right? Number four. If they win this game, okay, they're going to move up to number three, and that doesn't sound like much. But you know, if they lost, they're going to move down a couple spots, probably outside the top five. I, I think it kind of impacts just a little bit, like the perspective of in a couple of weeks here when Penn State goes to Ohio State and plays a game. If Penn State wins and they're you know riding high after a big Iowa win, a top five win on the road, and they're going to the shoe. And, you know, they got Ohio State, who's probably number seven or whatever. I feel like that game gets extra juice with an undefeated top four, no, top three 
Penn State going in there than a one loss number eight. I don't know, whatever Penn State team going in there. I just, I, I guess in theory, you, you're right. You make sense. I'm just thinking of like the impact of other games within the conference. And speaking of it this way, like you said, Penn State has a much tougher road than Iowa to the Big Ten championship game. If they suffer a Big Ten loss here, I mean, they really probably have to win out the rest of the way to make the conference championship game. And that's not an easy task for them considering who's in the East. So I guess I really just wanted to mention that as something to think about as as this game gets closer and they play it. Yeah, it's something that I was just thinking about when you were talking too. I guess this game does kind of mean more to Penn State in terms of the playoff and and not necessarily for the way that you might be thinking. So if, if Penn State wins this game and then they go into Ohio State and they lose and they're an 11-1 and one, and they don't represent the East in the Big Ten Championship, let's say – Ohio State does. Is an eleven and one Penn State really going to get left out with their one loss is to Ohio State and they beat a top five Iowa team. They beat a top ten Michigan team. They beat a top fifteen Michigan State team. I mean, it, I, I know I'm biased because it's the Big Ten, but I don't see how you could leave out an eleven and one Penn State team. Yeah, you start looking at who some other contenders are. You look at Oklahoma, who hasn't looked great, and quite frankly, I think they're on upset alert this week. You look at an Oregon team, yeah, they have that big uh, fancy win against Ohio State, but, you know, and maybe I'm crazy. I'm not, like, overly impressed with them, I don't think. And maybe this is the crazy Ohio State. If they played if they played ten times, Ohio State's probably going to win that game seven or eight times. You know, like, like there was a reason why Ohio State was – a two-touchdown favor in that game. You look at possibly a Cincinnati. I don't see how, and, you know, Cincinnati fans, if you're listening to this, you're going to get angry at me. I don't know how. Their resume wouldn't compare to what Penn State's is. And even if they're undefeated, like, it looks nice preseason that, oh, they beat Indiana. Well, it turns out Indiana's not very good. They beat Notre Dame. Ooh, it looks nice. But personally, I don't think Notre Dame's very good. So their resume kind of goes down, and their conference is down. So that doesn't really help them a ton either. You look, the ACC's dead. Uh, there's nobody coming out of there. So you look at teams like you're trying to find, and, and and yeah, that's a great point. I don't know how it would shake out, but you've had to think Penn State would have a very, very strong argument there uh, when it comes to after Thanksgiving. I, I mean, I guess I kind of just assume it really any if there's any one-loss Big Ten non-champion, they have to have some consideration to get in because I think you're correct. I think Oklahoma's on the upset alert. ACC is done. And then Bama and Georgia are going to play each other in the um, SEC championship game. And they're both – I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's all It's all going to play it out. We could talk for hours about all these scenarios. I, I have one question for you before we wrap up this topic. And – it is a little. It is a little off topic compared to Big Ten and you know stuff. I guess maybe not because it has some impact. Is the loser of the Alabama Georgia game, if that's their only loss, a lock to be in the College Football Playoff? Yes, if they're if they're both undefeated when they play, if they're both twelve and zero in the SEC championship game. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I mean they're a lock. I think you do kind of what you did last year with Clemson and Notre Dame, where they're in the same conference. I guess technically. But actually, I remember there was something that I wanted to tell you. I, Wally and I are, are, are right with you on your Cincinnati thought. I do not think that a 12-0, 13-0 Cincinnati team 
should get into the playoff unless there's a two-loss, unless there are a bunch of two-loss conference champions. It, if you try to stack up Penn State's body of work at 11-1 versus Cincinnati's body of work at 13-0, it just does not compare. And your point about Indiana is, I mean, spot on. Indiana, we thought, was going to be something a little bit more special this year, and they just really haven't been. And then I, I also don't think Notre Dame is very good. They could end up losing one or two more games, and then that all of a sudden that win doesn't look very well or very good. I I just I think it's really really hard to try to find a scenario where Cincinnati does get in, just because uh, I think they're what sitting at six right now. It's it's going to be really really hard for them to climb based on what they do. What, what I mean by that is there there might be four or five teams that lose in front of them, and I. Still think like I still think the loser of the Penn State Iowa game, unless somehow one of the, one of the teams gets blown out, should be ahead because of what Penn State and Iowa have done so far. Going back to the Alabama Georgia game, you know, potential game is going to happen where they play in the conference title. Why is the loser of that game any better than a let's say Iowa's undefeated? Okay, maybe Iowa, not Iowa. Let's say Penn State loses to Ohio State, but other than that, they're flawless. They're eleven and one. Why is that Georgia team more worthy of the playoff spot than the Penn State team would be? I guess the overall body of work, the SEC bias, because Penn State's going to have a ton of top twenty-five wins. Well, no, no, no. Okay, so I guess I didn't. Obviously, every every scenario that you do is going to play out different. If you're telling me that you know we're comparing an eleven and one Penn State non-champion to a 12-1 and Georgia, who is also a non-champion. Penn State lost Ohio State. Georgia lost Alabama, let's say. And I mean, I don't know how you weigh those options. I guess you really look at the overall body of work. You expand the playoff right now is what you yeah. do. Yeah, you do. And honestly, I, I would not be that surprised if there's two Big Ten, two SEC teams. At the rate it's going on now, I would not be surprised. And I would be all for it. But if it ever came down to the situation where you're comparing the two, you just got to go by by overall strength of schedule, in my opinion. And I would think that might favor Penn State at, at the end of the year because Georgia beat up on an Arkansas team that really not sure how good they are, and then I, I don't even know the rest of their the rest of their schedule really, and then a Clemson team that has two losses right now. One thing that could really be a huge impact is Georgia does play Auburn. So looking at that game with Penn State, like how does George, how big does Georgia win that game by? Or, you know, is it super close and they kick a field goal to win? Like th- that common opponent could be a huge decider, I guess, on who out of those teams could get picked for that playoff spot. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done if you're done. But no, Yeah, and I guess to your point, we, we just kind of assumed that Alabama would beat Georgia, but uh, Alabama's in the same boat. Alabama plays Auburn still. At the end of the year, so if they're at twelve and one, and we're comparing schedules and strength of records and stuff, how much they beat Auburn by, you know, might might come into a factor. But you know, we, I mean, we're far away. I don't want to. I was just telling Wally, man, it seems like it freaking has flown by. We're in week six, and it just seems like every time we get into you know the fall and football season, these Saturdays just fly by, man. So I don't want to think that that far ahead yet. But anyway, getting into our last game, number nine, Michigan travels to Lincoln, Nebraska, 7.30 ABC kickoff. Hopefully we have Herbie calling it. Uh, I like him. I don't know why I like him calling it. Anyway, 
Uh, Michigan is a three and a half point favorite. The over under is fifty and a half. Michigan is five and zero, two and zero in the Big Ten Conference. Nebraska is three and three, one and two in the conference. But man, I tell you what, this Nebraska team has looked so much better in the past. I uh, really four weeks. I remember when they were heading into that Buffalo game, we were not very high on them. And they they kind of put a whooping on a Buffalo team that I know you predicted would upset them. So, Hayden, I just want to get your thoughts. What do you, is this game going to be close? Is there an upset? Does Nebraska continue to take steps forward? And can they knock off a top ten team like Michigan this year and really take that next step? This this is one of those games I think is going to be super super. In- we have a great slate, dude. Ohio State plays at 12, Michigan at 3.30. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Iowa and Penn State at 4 o'clock, I think is what it is. And then we roll into the nightcap with Michigan and Nebraska. That's going to be an excellent day of football. This game is going to be really, really fun to watch. I, For those of you who have been waiting, my super lock is coming right now. I have this game pegged as an automatic win for my bet. And I will tell you right now, I'm sure Casey is – Waiting patiently for my super lock here. <laughs> he just got super close to the camera. Nebraska will play this game close, but in the end, Michigan's running game and their defense, and I, I think Adrian Martinez is he is going to make a mistake that will prove costly to Nebraska. And I, this game will be close, don't get me wrong, but Michigan will win, and they will cover the three and a half. But that's not my super lock. The super lock, I am going with Michigan Moneyline. Uh, just because there's a chance, I think, that Nebraska scores late to make this like a three-point game, which would suck and they wouldn't cover. Uh, so Michigan Moneyline is actually my super lock. They will win this game. I'm almost positive that it will happen. Over-under is set at 50 and a half. So that's a, that's a decent amount. I will – I'm going to take the under. I could see this game being – 28 to, oh man, 50 and a half. I can't, now I'm doing the numbers. I'm doing the numbers in my head. 27 to 21. That puts you at 48. 27, 21, Michigan. Oh man, very, very nicely done. I'll give Wally's picks real quick. Wally is taking Nebraska plus three and a half at home, but he is taking Michigan money line. So I think he's thinking the same thing that you are kind of where. Nebraska might score backdoor touchdown to make it a make it a game or uh, a closer game. He is taking the under and believes that Michigan will win twenty four to twenty one. So, lastly, for my take on this game, I I really don't see this game being that close. I know that I was kind of trying to concern other Michigan fans last week, and, and I really did think it was going to. But I think rewatching that game, that Michigan game. I think this team is just different in their attitude and their swag that they have. And I think the young coaches and Harbaugh's new energy has a lot to do with that. And you saw it when they were jumping around in Camp Randall. I don't know. I know that might not really mean like something to a lot of people, but that, I mean, that takes some cojones to do that. That That's not, you don't see a lot of teams doing that. And so I think that you never saw a Michigan team doing that previously, I guess, is is what I'm saying. So I think this team is different. I think they're going to be very well prepared. Um, Martinez doesn't really – is not really a big threat in the passing game. As long as Michigan can contain his legs, I think that they'll be just fine. 
I I can see this game being a ten to fourteen to seventeen point game in the end. I just I I'm not really sold on Nebraska yet, and I really like what I saw from Michigan. Um, really all season, I think they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage for the most part. And and another thing, I know I'm kind of rambling here, is I, I saw a little bit of creativity last week. I I think that is good was very much needed. I mean, after watching their first three games, holy smokes, were they boring to watch. But I, I think that's something that is a positive for the Michigan offense. Now a negative is that Kate McNamara missed some throws, missed some really easy throws against uh, Wisconsin last week. I know his stats look fine, but he really didn't look as good as what he should have. And that game, honestly, should have been out of hand in the first half. But – with all that being said, I think Michigan, Michigan's defense will, will come to play. I think they'll be able to slow down Adrian Martinez on, on the ground and ultimately force him to kind of be a passer. And as we've seen in the past, he, he's, just, he's just not it. He just doesn't have it in the passing game. So um, I'm taking Michigan minus three and a half. I'm taking Michigan money line. And I'm going with over, let's say. I'll play conservative here. I'll say Michigan wins 31 to 20. I have a question for you. Does Michigan have a quarterback controversy? I don't, I don't think in a couple weeks it's going to be much of a controversy. I think that they were getting McCarthy in there for a reason. I think they want to get him as many live snaps as possible because they want him to be the man heading into November. You're calling your shot right now. A quarterback switch in mid-October for an undefeated Michigan team. Can you believe what you're saying? Well, I, I can very much so because I think they realize how talented McCarthy is. And like I mentioned before, McNamara has four years of eligibility left. So, like, I don't know when you make that switch, or really. Like, when do you finally let McCarthy, you know, take over that Michigan program? And, and, then, you, and then you're going to be sitting a starter previous year starter. It's kind of like what Ohio State's in with Quinn Ewers and CJ Stroud. Like everyone thinks Ewers is gonna be, you know, step in and play right away as we can as we can see, he's not grasping the playbook or anything, um, as quickly as everyone had I guess had hoped. But I think going back to your point, yes, I think that they are doing this for a reason. I don't think they're doing it just to make him happy so that he doesn't transfer. I think he's a smart kid and understands that hey you know what i just got here nine months ago i'm not ready to go in and play yet i think they're doing it because they really want him to take over after maybe after the bye week and, and heading into the michigan state game we'll see though because he was in the game was 13 to 10 and he took the first um series or the first couple plays in the second half so it's not like he was in a garbage time either if they would have listened to me they would have been smart and they would have started this kid from week one. I, that, I, I, was call, I was saying that the whole summer. I don't understand why they weren't starting this kid from week one. You know what you have in McNamara. The upside in J.J. McCarthy is much, much higher than McNamara's will ever be. And there's, you know, maybe that offends McNamara or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. that he, he has way more upside. I don't... I was saying that since August 1st. I don't – before that, I was saying that in the summer. I don't understand why it took him this long. It took him 
six games or five games to start getting him, you know, reps in meaningful situations. They should have done it much sooner. I I think that man, it's just it's just really really tough because stars matter. I mean, I guess they somewhat do, but my my thinking is you you were thinking that because you didn't think Michigan would be five and zero. Like you thought it was going to be, and it still could be. I'm still not completely sold. You thought this was a seven and five, six and six at best, eight and fourteen, and I would assume you did not think they'd be five and zero right now. And so maybe Harbaugh saw something that we didn't from last year because I wasn't too high on Michigan either. And and he just needed that game manager, that guy that you know can that doesn't turn the ball over because McNamara still hasn't thrown a pick in a hundred what eighty attempts or something. So, you know, that, that holds a lot of value as well. I mean, that's very impressive to go that long without throwing an interception. But we'll see. We'll see it play out. I'm sure McCarthy will get some snaps this week too. I'm sure we will as well. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon. We'll be back early next week to break down the week six games. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Pod, Facebook at PNM. N Pod and Instagram. Also at PNN Pod. Man, Wally is really good at this and it really took me a long time. <laughs> like, it really took me doing one to uh, appreciate how good he is. But anyway, Hayden, any final thoughts, my man? Yes, I am super excited. Uh, you wouldn't know anything about this, but Major League Baseball postseason. Braves start their series tomorrow Back. against. That's going to conclude the episode. <laughs> The Braves start their series tomorrow against the Brewers. I think they are slight underdogs in the series, so that'll be fun to watch um, to see if they can pull a little bit of an upset there. Your uh, Arcadia Redskins, we talked about it before the show. Big week. We got to keep keep the streak going here a little bit against Van Lu. Hopefully our guys are ready to go. And Casey, I hope you guys, sounds like you should pick up a W this week. Hopefully you get back in the wind column after a tough last week. Hayden, best of luck to you, man. Go Brewers, is all I'll say. Um, I do want to mention one thing. Wally said that I needed to mention this for him. He says he will not be surprised if one of the Michigan teams loses this week. So keep that in your, in your mind. They both are on the road. They both play much improved programs. So I forgot to mention that. With not the super lock. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I know I you know he told me that, but he he's not rolling with any of the money line. So I, was, I think he just all uh, you know a little bit bluffing. But you know what, Hayden, good luck to you on Friday, man. Keep the streak. Yeah, hopefully we can we can travel safely. It's a far travel, not very fun. But yeah, Wally says, see you guys on the other side. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you back here next week. With